Hi, and welcome this day. So glad you have chosen to join us. How do you experience joy when there is so much negativity in the world? How do you enjoy Christmas when maybe things start to pop up, kind of getting in the way? How do you have a meaningful Christmas when maybe everything is not as you want it? There's this portion of this holiday season, right? This sense of Christmas that we're supposed to have all of this joy. In fact, the whole part about this particular Sunday leading up to Christmas, it's about joy. And yet, there are so many things in this world that try to get in the way that maybe we just don't feel like it. There are burdens that we carry. There are expectations. There are issues. There are things that we experience that make joy seem a whole lot harder to have. And so is there a way, even when things aren't the way that we want them, that we can't control others, when things keep popping up, when people keep being negative, is there a way to experience joy in the midst of all of that? So today we are looking at the second portion of the story we started last week, where we're to the point where Mary has made it to Elizabeth. She's gotten difficult news and she's like, okay, here we go. She's gone to be with Elizabeth to be that support because Elizabeth herself finds that she is pregnant in her old age, which carries a whole lot of issues in and of itself. And she is there to greet. She is there to be part of this journey with Mary. They are in it together. And together, they are going to figure out how to navigate these moments so that both of them, when we continue through the story, as they face those challenges, as they face real difficulties, they're going to still have this element of joy in their lives. And for us to go, wait a minute, how do we have that for ourselves? Life wasn't easy for them. Life can be complicated for ourselves. And so how do we get it in those moments? So beginning in Luke, the first chapter, but before we do, let us pray. God of wonder, God of mercy, as we come to this time, as we are looking for how do we experience joy in this season, may the words we find in scripture give us new perspectives, give us a way to move forward. Amen. Beginning with the 41st verse. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. All right. Mary shows up. Elizabeth at this point is six months pregnant. Elizabeth, uh, Mary is pregnant. And as Elizabeth greets her, she is filled with the Holy Spirit. She's filled with the Spirit of God. And that moment of the Spirit of God filling her allows her then to offer a blessing. It offers, God has blessed you above all women, blessed the child. 
there's a sense that her own baby, John, has leapt for joy in the womb. It's a moment of recognizing how Elizabeth has submitted herself to God. And you may go, whoa, wait, did you just use that word? What in the world does that mean? Because usually we have negative connotations with that, that we understand that word in a very, like, I don't want to go near that. But to understand it, of that Elizabeth had submitted herself to God, Elizabeth has submitted herself to God's blessings, to God's joy. And so she comes at this moment in a very different manner. Instead of God, well, Mary, what happened to you? Right? Instead of passing judgment, instead of God, oh, this isn't a good situation. Instead of coming at it from a place of all the negative, everything that's wrong, everything that could go wrong, how challenging of a situation. Instead, because Elizabeth has submitted herself to God's joy, she is able to fill that place in herself. Those places that might kind of go towards being judgmental, towards saying something that mm, might be problematic. Instead, she is able to give a blessing. Think about that for ourselves. Of how are we submitting ourselves to God's joy? What are the things that maybe we need to let go of? That when we submit ourselves to God's joy, we are saying, you know what? I'm going to let go of that frustration. I'm going to let go of that anger. I'm going to let go of that situation. I'm going to recognize the things I can control and the things I can't control. And those things, those things have to go. I can no longer focus on those. I can no longer focus on trying to fix things that I cannot fix. This moment of going, wait a minute, Mary... And Elizabeth, Mary has provided this opportunity where Elizabeth has taken it to be filled with God because she has submitted herself to the possibility of God's joy, of God's blessing, of something good coming from all of this. And so how do we begin to process that for ourselves? Of what does it mean for us to submit ourselves over to God's joy so that we get those blessings. We get that joy. Instead of God, man, there are a whole lot of problems and issues, all the things we don't like in this moment. Continuing on in verses 46 through 56, Mary said, with all my heart, I glorify the Lord in the depths of who I am. I rejoice in God, my savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry. He has filled the hungry, with good things, and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promises to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. All right, so because Elizabeth 
Elizabeth is filled with the spirit of God. Elizabeth is living into that joy and she offers that blessing. What we get from Mary then is a, is her response of going, oh my goodness, wow. The name that is used around this is called the Magnificat, which just means magnifies or praise. So from that place, Mary goes, wow, God is merciful. God is with, God is lifting up the lowly. Like Mary goes, wait, God hasn't abandoned me. God absolutely is in this moment with both of us. And to be able to recognize that, that whatever we're going through, whatever the challenge is, as we begin to think about, you know what? I just don't feel the Christmas spirit. I, you know what? What is the meaning of Christmas anymore? It's all commercialized. I'm going, wait a minute. That's allowing something on the outside to fill us. And it's not God. Mary and Elizabeth are able to cut through all of the negativity, all of those things by going, wait a minute, we're going to focus where God is in this moment, where God's joy is, all the good that can come from that moment, the recognition of what mercy plays. Because Elizabeth, in blessing Mary, showed Mary mercy, showed God's mercy with Mary. And from that place, Mary is grateful. And it reminds me of a quote by the author, William Arthur Ward, who says, gratitude can transform common days into thanksgivings, turn routine jobs into joy, and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. And that's exactly what's happened with Mary and Elizabeth. And so because of that, because they have both been filled in ways that were unexpected, but that they made space for that because they submitted themselves to the possibility of God's joy filling them instead of everything that is wrong with this situation. Because from a place of mercy, they re go into a place into a mindset of gratitude. Mary stays with Elizabeth for three more months. Now, we don't know if Mary was there for the birth of John. Maybe she stayed until that point. Maybe she left right before then. We don't know that, but we can only imagine that as they are together for those three months, as this is their welcome, as this is the moment that kicks off those three months, that they are able to encourage one another. They are able to build each other up, even as the town is whispering and talking, even as their own like concerns and fears of, oh my goodness, I'm going to have a child. How am I going to raise this child, right? All of the just normal things that come with parenthood kind of coming into play, that they are able to keep refocusing one another that sense of being together, kind of like we talked about last week, of, of who do we go through this life with that kind of builds us up, that encourages us, that shows us a different way, that helps us focus on what is really important, on what really matters. And for them, what really matters is that God's joy is what fills those crevices of their lives that can be so negative, so chaotic, the things that can stir up, the things that others may kind of even lay upon us, that they say, no, 
they are going to resist that. And we see it further in the following verses. Continuing on in verses 57 through 62. When the time came for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a boy. Her neighbors and relatives celebrated with her because they had heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. On the eighth day, it came time to circumcise this child. They wanted to name him Zechariah because that was his father's name. But his mother replied, no, his name will be John. They said to her, none of your relatives have that name. Then they began gesturing to his father to see what he wanted to call him. All right. So there you get, right? There's the celebration aspect. The child has finally come. That's amazing. All the neighbors, all the relatives show up. One big celebration. They're kind of in the mood. And then we get the naming. And the neighbors and the relatives all seem to have an opinion about this. They all seem to have an unnecessary stake in this, which is kind of weird. And we would go, what in the world? But aren't those usually the things that drain us of energy the most? The things that we're like, why does that matter to you? Why do you care so much that you're willing to make everybody around miserable? And yet, Elizabeth won't have it. Even when they dismiss her, they dismiss what she said. They dismiss the fact that Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go ask Zachariah because you're full of it. And to think about that, how much that could ruin a celebration, how much that kind of gets at ruining the joy of going, wait a minute, it's Christmas, screw it. What's the point? Right, That people try to get in the way even because they are self-righteous, because they are judgmental, because they get in these moments where all they can see is their opinion and they can see nothing else. And Elizabeth is like, okay, all right. You won't listen to me. And so they move on to Zechariah. They move on to Zechariah, and yet we get no sense that Elizabeth's joy was disrupted. And for ourselves, the things that try to disrupt our joy, that we would say that's a problem, the negative things that kind of come at us, the things that we hear, the things that are said, the things that we experience of going, wait a minute, I don't want any part of that, of not letting those things attached to us. Because remember, Elizabeth has submitted herself to God. She said, you know what? I'm going to let go of that. I'm not going to touch that. I'm going to be filled with God's joy and not your criticism. And to think about how powerful that is with whatever situation we find ourselves facing through this season, whether it's friends or family or just situations in general, whether it's the negativity of the world because we turned on the news one too many times of going, wait a minute, I don't have to fall for that. I don't have to get dragged into that. I can continue to be focused on I'm going to submit myself to God's joy, which means I'm going to have to let go and move on. I'm going to have to let those words just fall over and away. Continuing on in verses 63 through 66. After asking for a tablet, he surprised everyone by writing, his name is John. 
At that moment, Zechariah was able to speak again, and he began praising God. All their neighbors were filled with awe, and everyone throughout the Judean highlands talked about what had happened. All who heard about this considered it carefully. They said, what then would this child be? Indeed, the Lord's power was with him. Zechariah is not getting dragged into his neighbors, his relatives' drama. He's like, nope, kid's name is John. End of story. We're not talking about it anymore. And at that moment where he draws that line, where he writes John, all of a sudden he can speak. And the first thing out of his mouth is praising God that dealing with the situation, dealing with others, dealing with others who are maybe trying to diminish the joy because of whatever they've got going on in their lives, like he, he's not going for it. And Zechariah stays the course, and the first thing he does is he praises God because he didn't allow anyone else to diminish his joy, to take it away, to say, wait a minute, man, you're down it for this celebration. no. Zechariah stays that course. And here he and Elizabeth are able to just enjoy the moment together. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And they are so into it. They are so into praising God. They are so into recognizing the blessings of God in this moment that everybody around is like, whoa, right? Because it says, all who heard about this considered it carefully. They said, what then will this child be? Indeed, the Lord's power was with him. Because his parents, because Zachariah and Elizabeth were going to recognize the blessings of God. We're going to praise God. We're going to celebrate God. We're going to celebrate God's presence no matter what. Because they submitted themselves to being full of God's joy. So when we're thinking about that, of when we're thinking about the things that kind of come up in our lives, they try to get in the way of us experiencing joy, of going, wait a minute, it's almost like a reset, a refocus of going, I think I'm focused on the wrong thing here. I think I need to be paying attention to, wait a minute, how is gratitude, how is Thanksgiving, how are these things playing into it? Am I grateful? Am I not? Am I too consumed with everything I don't like? It's kind of one of those moments where we get to reset ourselves and go, I want some of what Zachariah and Elizabeth have. I want some of that presence of God. I want that to fill my life instead of. And so to begin to think about, all right, how do we practice that? So continuing on in verse 67 through 75. John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Bless the Lord God of Israel because he has come to help and has delivered his people. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in his servant David's house, just as he said through the mouths of his holy prophets long ago. He has brought salvation from our enemies and from the power of all those who hate us. He has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant, the solemn pledge he made to our ancestor Abraham. 
He has granted that we would be rescued from the power of our enemies so that we could serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness in God's eyes for as long as we live. So here we get once again, Zechariah, not Elizabeth, because Elizabeth has already been, it said, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit of God. And so now Zechariah is filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit of God. And he offers this blessing. He offers this recognition. He, he talks about God's mercy in this moment because he didn't give in. He had submitted himself to God that he wasn't going to give in to the negativity of the world. He wasn't going to give in to what was wrong with the situation. He wasn't going to give in to their drama that he absolutely stayed the course and now he is filled and now he is able to offer a blessing from his life. And it's that moment of recognition of going, wait a minute, he has committed himself all those months of being silent all those months of just being able to listen, of going, wait a minute, what's really important here? What's really important to focus upon? What's important for myself? What's important for my family? What's important for everyone around is that he decides, I'm going to focus upon how God's presence is filling us, how God is moving and guiding. And he offers a blessing which has this element of praise and thanksgiving to it. And so when we're thinking about how do we practice submitting ourselves to God's joy, of how are we going about giving that time for gratitude and thanksgiving in our lives? The chief Tecumseh of the Swanee says this, when you rise in the morning, give thanks for the light, for your life, for your strength. Give thanks for your food and for the joy of living. If you see no reason to give thanks, the fault lies with you. Tecumseh's words are connected to Psalm 136 verses 1 through 3 when it says, Give thanks to the Lord because he is good. God's faithful love lasts forever. Give thanks to the God of all gods. God's faithful love lasts forever. Give thanks to the Lord of all lords. God's faithful love lasts forever. We can celebrate God's presence in a multitude of ways. We can celebrate that joy that when we submit ourselves to God, when we say, you know what, I am going to give that over to God, that is an act of submission. When we say, you know what, I'm going to give that anger and that frustration over to God. I'm going to give over the things that I cannot control. I'm going to give over the things that I cannot fix. I'm going to give over those individuals, those situations to God. I'm going to give over that being judgmental. I'm going to give over that perspective that absolutely gets in the way of enjoying this season. That practice of being able to give over is coupled with giving thanks. 
because it's much easier to give over when we go, you know what I am thankful for at every single step of the way. And just as Tecumseh says of starting even in the morning of going, I am, I give thanks for, and it could be the simplest of things, but it redirects us and submits ourselves to God's joy. And so are we, how are we challenged today? with submitting ourselves to God's joy. All the things that we need to submit ourselves to, of giving over to God, of letting go, of being able to even enjoy those blessings. And how will we practice that thanks, that gratitude in connection with it? How will we begin our day? How will we stop in the middle of our day? How will we end our day in thanks? So that when situations arise, when things get said, when the negativity is pushing in, when we are wondering what is the meaning of Christmas, how do I even have a meaningful Christmas because things aren't exactly as we want them, what are we practicing day by day, moment by moment, every time we have those feelings welling up inside and dragging us away from submitting ourselves to God's joy? How will we be challenged, comforted, and journey through this story this season? Amen.